right, who's ready for week two of a sermon series called Four Words That Can Change Your Life? Are you ready for this? All right, yeah, it's going to be good. How many of you believe, we asked this question last week, okay, but I know some of you, you weren't here, it was a holiday weekend, how many of you believe that words can change lives? Words are powerful, right, to the negative or to the positive. Words can bring us life, words can also bring death, words can bring healing, words can injure, words are powerful, and what we're talking about here is words that can change our lives for the better. Last week, we talked about the word yes and how saying yes to God can truly change our lives. Today, we're going to introduce a different word. It's the word no. You might be wondering, how can no change my life? Well, I I hope that through our study together, that all of our lives are changed as we learn to say no. If you have a Bible, we're going to camp out in the book of Galatians. Go ahead and turn there. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Uh, Go ahead and pull out your smart device. Hop onto the public Wi-Fi. We have something called the Sunday Morning Hub. It's available for you. Everything you need is right there. Click on the notes, the Bible notes link, and all of my uh, sermon notes are right there for you. And if you're a first-time guest, would you consider filling out the welcome card? We'd love to follow up with you. And would you also consider meeting me over here to what's called Five and Five right after the service? And I won't shake your hand because you can tell by the way I'm speaking. I don't sound so good. I don't feel so great either. But I'd love to meet you really quickly from a distance and tell you five things about our church in less than five minutes and also give you a gift as well. All right, as we kind of dive into this word of no, I want you to think about how you could fill in the blank here, okay? If you're brave, you can say it out loud, okay? You don't have to, but you can also just think this. I wish I was more. Think about your life. And think about what you'd like to change in your life. Think about some of your struggles. Like, I wish I was more patient. Or I wish I was more joyful. Or I wish I was more self-controlled. Whatever we use to fill in that blank there, a lot of times we recognize, hey, there's some things in my life that either I don't like or that I wish I could change. I wish I was more A lot of times we recognize, hey, there's this tension, whether we believe and follow Jesus or we don't, there's this tension to do what is right or to do what is wrong in life. There's this tension to know and to understand, hey, there's something pulling me a good way and there's something pulling me a negative way. If you believe and follow Jesus, we know what pulls us a negative way is called our flesh. Say flesh. Our flesh seeks to be satisfied seeks out pleasure, seeks to not be under authority. We all have this within us, whether we follow Jesus or not. The spiritual side of us, being led by the Spirit, that's something if we know and follow Jesus, that that God gifts within us and births within us called the Spirit. It's a better way. It's a life according to His purpose. It's a life according to His Word. And here is something we all need to understand here this morning. We can walk away with this. Stop living by the, say it with me, flesh. Like, this is difficult. And I venture to say, if if we could wrap our brains around this, if we could wrap our efforts around this, if we can make this a focus, then things will begin to change in our lives. Instead, live by the, say it with me, spirit. There's this tension between what is right and what is wrong. The flesh in the spirit. And the key is saying, say it with me, no. The key is saying no to what? To the flesh. That's the key here this morning. Saying no to the flesh. Well, how do we do that? 
Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 tells us that I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. This is a process of when you give your life to Christ. If you think back to that moment, if you have experienced this, you gave your life to Christ. And your old way of living was crucified with him on the cross. Jesus paid the price for the things that you and I do that are opposite of God's word, opposite of God's way, opposite of the life of the Spirit. Jesus paid the price for that. And so that way of living, your old identity, your old efforts, it's all gone. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Friends, this is a lifelong process. You've heard us say it here, if you've been around for a while, called sanctification. This doesn't happen overnight. This is something that takes time. This is something that requires repentance, saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not quite there. I, I know Jesus has done this for me, but I still have this thing that I keep going back to. It's fleshly. It brings some pleasure. It's me who's living. It's not Christ who's living in me. And so we repent, and we learn something, and we turn our lives around. We confess something. Maybe there's somebody who can help us in life, and things begin to improve. But it takes Time. And friends, this is what this series is all about. Four words that can change our lives. It's about really believing we can change our mindset, we can change our behaviors, we can change even our focus in life in order to become more fully the person God designed us to be. And that's really what Galatians is all about. And I encourage you, study this book. It is so rich in theology. It's so rich in practical, everyday life application. In fact, we're going to find the purpose of Galatians by looking at Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 and 25. This summarizes everything that this book is about. Therefore, the law has become our, say it with me, tutor to lead us. What is the law here? What's Paul talking about? The law is 613 do's and don'ts that we find in the Old Covenant and with the Old Testament. Imagine the effort there of trying to by effort, keep these rules and regulations, trying to be right with God through your own efforts. Like this was miserable, and it was impossible for anyone except for Jesus to keep all these commandments. It wasn't a lot of fun. It was a lot of effort. And everything that Paul says right here, it was simply meant to be a tutor to lead us to whom? It says right here, to Christ. So that we may be justified by effort. Is that what it says? I'm just making sure you're all awake, right? No, be justified by faith. There was a law that was more about effort. It was something that was good, but not the greatest. The greatest was yet to come through Jesus, where effort was done away with, where it was by faith in him and the life that he lived. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Isn't that good news this morning? We don't need the law any longer because we have Jesus who fulfilled the law and out of our great love for him and what he's done for us, we strive to follow the things in the Bible knowing that he carries us even when we mess up if we know and if we follow Jesus. Friends, that is, that is good news that we could break away from this effort and thankfully we have all found relief from effort. How many of you, you've, you've really sought out relief through something in life? Like maybe you were trying to go to the bathroom and someone intercepted you and you're thinking like, I can't have this conversation right now. You're trying to be polite because you got to get to the bathroom and find some relief. My kids know that dad has a bad back 
and it's through some old injuries and things like that, and it flares up occasionally. And so I know there's times, either with stress or doing something physical, that I need to go into the basement because in the basement is this wonderful gift from God called the inversion table that provides some spinal decompression by me hanging upside down for a couple of minutes, right? It just, it just helps. And then I go upstairs, and the kids know, hey, what the next question Dad is going to ask is going to be, will one of you please walk on my back? And so they do that, the back cracks, and I, I find some relief that I really needed, and I find myself also becoming more and more like my dad, and I cannot believe it. But it happens to the best of us, right? We look for relief, and thankfully, friends, listen to this, thankfully we found real relief from the pressure to perform for God. Real relief. Under the law was all about performance. Could I keep all these laws? No. And if I didn't, there had to be a sacrifice for the things I couldn't keep, the things I could not fulfill, the things I could not do. It was all about effort. And we need to remove ourselves as much as we can and say no to this imaginary concept. And I would even venture to say a, a satanic imaginary concept that I have to do whatever I can to just gain God's attention and his favor and his love through effort by doing enough good that maybe God will know and notice me. Maybe God will forgive me if I just do enough good. Friends, that does not come from God. And saying no to that mindset and saying no to that kind of effort to perform from God. Listen, there's so much freedom on the other side because, listen, saying no allows us to exchange the ways of the flesh for the ways of the spirit. The flesh says, hey, go ahead and get revenge. Go ahead and say what you're thinking. Think all those evil thoughts. Don't live under the authority of someone else. Do whatever you want to do. The flesh screams that to you and to me. And the Bible says when we say no to those things, we're exchanging the ways of the flesh for the ways of the spirit, which says love people. Come under authority. It's okay. Which says to be patient. Which says do not seek revenge. And friends, that is the key to lifelong change. Are you interested in lifelong change? The key is in saying no. And the Bible tells us how we can do that. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This is the result of making this exchange from the flesh to the spirit. And it says this, but the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of effort, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. That sounds so incredible, and I would say, listen, these are supernatural things, and it looks a lot like this. A few weeks ago, we talked about fruit. We said how fruit has integrity, right? Like, if I bite into this, I know it's not going to taste like a carrot, unless there's a real big issue with it, right? I know if I peel the skin back, I know for the most part what it's going to look like. Fruit offers what it truly is on the inside. It has integrity. And when it comes to this image that Paul paints for us here, that we can produce fruit very spiritually, it is something that is very profound in that, listen, I know if I eat fruit, it's going to provide some lasting things for me. It's going to taste good, more than likely, unless it's rotten. It's also going to provide some nutrition. It can provide some fiber. This is good for me. It's going to have long-lasting results for me in my life. But there's also something else in life. We call it the flesh 
or in this illustration here, Sour Patch Kids, all right? If you go to a movie theater, you're watching a movie, like, you know, instantaneously, this is going to taste good, and it's going to cause my, my blood sugar to elevate, spike, and then come crashing down. It's going to provide absolutely no nutritional value, because I read this, and there are words I cannot pronounce in the back, but it feels good, right? It tastes good. Like, if we didn't struggle with sin and temptation in life, it wouldn't be a struggle. If it didn't bring some kind of pleasure in life, some kind of relief or pleasure right in that moment, we wouldn't struggle with temptation. We wouldn't struggle with sin. We wouldn't struggle with the ways of the flesh. Do you see it? Fruit versus candy. What are we saying no to in life? Because, listen, our, our effort cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, I want you to believe this. I want to make sure you're still awake. I don't want you thinking about your fantasy football team right now, okay? Say this after me. My effort cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> you're thinking, why in the world did I come here today? We just read about the fruit of the Spirit. Tell me how I'm supposed to do that. Well, the good news is, and the bad news is, it's not through your efforts. We can all go home. Goodbye. Let's go to lunch, everybody, right? Like, this is, this is something very profound. It is supernatural, and it's only produced when we say no to the flesh and yes to the Spirit. God births this within us. Think about things like love and joy and peace and patience. You and I both know that's supernatural when those things are being lived out in our lives, when those things are easy, when we're cooperating with God and we sense, hey, I'm supposed to be patient here, and only he can truly produce that patience within me. Friends, you and I, we cannot, through our efforts, produce this long term. But when we say yes to God and yes to the Spirit and no to the flesh, that produces lifelong change. I have a definition for each one of these. My head's kind of cloudy, so I'm going to read these definitions here for each one of the fruits of the Spirit. And I, I pray that you'll kind of see how this is supernatural. Maybe you'll identify where it is producing fruit in your life, or maybe some areas where you can say yes to God more and no to the flesh in order to see this produce. The first one we see is love. And this word here for love doesn't necessarily only refer to warm feelings. Love gives freely without looking at whether the other person deserves it. That's supernatural, right? That's countercultural. Whether the other person deserves it or not, we love them, and it gives without expecting anything in return. How about joy? Unlike happiness, joy is gladness that is completely independent of good or bad things that happen throughout the course of the day. Listen, we know that it's supernatural. We know that it's otherworldly because we're all about our circumstances. In the flesh, the flesh is always about, hey, what do you feel in your circumstances? Supernatural fruit that is based upon biblical and spiritual joy is joy that's a choice in spite of our circumstances. Our circumstances. It's joy that uh, it has a supernatural gladness given by God's Spirit that actually seems to show up best during hard times. The Bible talks so much about perseverance. The Bible says that we should consider it joy when we face trials of many kinds. How can we do that? Friends, it's, it's supernatural fruit. It's saying no to the ways of the flesh and yes to the spirit, and then it can be produced in our lives even when difficult circumstances come our way. How about the next one, peace? 
It's not the absence of turmoil, but it's the presence of tranquility, even while in a place of chaos. Even while we're in the midst of chaos, it's finding peace and trust in God. It's a sense of wholeness and completeness that is content knowing that God controls the events of each day. That God's in control, that we are not in control. There's an act of surrender there. The Bible says that when we get to this place, it is so supernatural that there's a peace that transcends our understanding that can come upon us. We can get through it. We can find this supernatural peace. Patience. We can just skip that one because none of us struggles with patience, right? (laughs) Patience. We know this is supernatural because it is the ability to endure ill treatment from life or at the hands of others without lashing out or paying back. Patience can be produced in our lives, friends, when we say no to what our flesh screams in moments of impatience. How about kindness? When kindness is at work in a person's life, he or she looks for ways to adapt to meet the needs of others. It is a moral goodness that overflows. It is the absence of malice. You see, the flesh is all about operating from a a vantage point or a place of malice, getting revenge, thinking the worst in people. The Bible says when you say no to that, you produce this kind of kindness, a supernatural kindness in your life. And people see God's heart. How about goodness? While kindness is the soft side of good, goodness reflects the character of God. Goodness in you desires to see goodness in others and is not beyond, you'll see this as supernatural as I finish here, is not beyond confronting or even rebuking as Jesus did. The Bible says sweet are the wounds of a friend. And in the context of relationship, when you earn that right, sometimes goodness means helping someone, encouraging someone, correcting someone, producing a supernatural fruit in their life and in your life as well. How about faithfulness? A faithful person is one with real integrity. Spirit-controlled faithfulness is evident in the life of a person who seeks good for others for the glory of God. The flesh screams, hey, it's all about your glory. Get your name out there. Build your platform. Have people recognize your brand, whatever that word even means, brand. But it's out there. It's our world now. And the supernatural fruit says, no, it's about the glory of God. It's about being faithful to others. How about gentleness? Meekness is not weakness. Gentleness is not without power. It just chooses to defer to others. It forgives others. It corrects with kindness, and it lives in tranquility, self-control. We can skip that one too, right, because we don't struggle with that. Self-control is literally releasing our grip on the fleshly desires, saying no to them, choosing instead to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Choosing instead to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, how? How can we do that? Galatians 5, 16, I think gives us some great application, something that we should memorize. Galatians 5, 16 says, but if I say, walk by the, say it with me, Spirit. It means live by the Spirit. Be sensitive to Him. Do what He says. Live according to His way and God's Word, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. When your flesh is screaming to you, hey, this is going to feel good, it's going to taste good, it's going to provide temporary relief, you need this right now. The Bible says, if you don't want to fulfill the desires of the flesh, you got to say no to the flesh and yes to the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
Jump down to verses 24 and 25. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another and envying one another. I think the question is, to really boil this down to everyday life, is what's your go-to in life? When tensions are high and you're driving home and work was stressful, is it a place you go to? Let you know, hey, just a few minutes in there, it'll, it'll feel good. And the flesh is screaming, hey, just stop there for a little bit. You deserve this. You need this. It, it's going to feel good. It's going to bring me some relief. But the Spirit is saying, don't go there. You could wreck your life. Keep driving. Maybe your, your go-to is something you can consume to just escape for a few minutes. And God is saying to you in that moment, listen, you don't need this. I have something better for you. Jesus is saying, would you just trust me that there is something better? If you say no to that, if you just understand and trust, it isn't, it isn't even about your efforts. I've, I've paved the way for you. And if you'll let me hang on to me, I'll carry you to something even better. Is it a website? Is it something you look at? Is it some toxic relationship that you keep turning to time and time again? And God is saying, no. I've got something better for you. And I desire to produce something that will last long in your life as opposed to something that, yeah, might be good for a moment, but it's going to add no value to your life. Jesus is saying to us all, I want to contribute to your life and produce fruit. Just make sure you're still awake. Let's say this together. Jesus wants to contribute to my life. Say that and produce lasting fruit. Do you believe that? Friends, I can't make you believe that. I can just tell you the ways of Jesus are always best, they're always better. He has to be the one to change our mindset, our behavior, our choices. And I think it looks like this. I call it the saying no equation. Death to self. That means when I, when I sense those things that I know that I can do, I, I go ahead and say no to those things every day, every moment. It's hard. It's difficult. Thankfully, again, Jesus has paved the way for us. And when I do that, I begin to live the supernatural life, that the, 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 the lives we see in the Scripture, the practical everyday life application we're all hungry for. It can be possible for us. We can live a supernatural life if we just say no to ourselves. And it looks like this daily surrender. And surrender's a posture. God, you know what's best. I really want to follow you. I know you desire me to become someone that you've created me to be. And so I'm going to surrender to that. I'm going to come under your will, your way. I'm going to listen to the still small voice inside of me and the proper motivation is God I know I cannot earn anything with you Jesus was completely righteous I could never be and so my motivation is out of my great love and appreciation for what you have done for me through your son Jesus man I want to live according to the spirit I want to be all that you desire me to be that's my motivation is you God and what you've done not to earn anything and then thirdly, read this with me, it's so important, progress, not perfection. 
I said this first service, my family was in the back, and they all said amen, all right, because they know that dad's not perfect, all right, but it's also a saying we have in our house, that listen, it's about progress. We're we're never going to be perfect, but if we keep making progress, we're going to keep becoming the people that God desires us to be, and when we get it wrong, we turn to him, and the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness when we confess to him. Progress, not perfection is what God is after in your life and in my life. And friends, here's the secret to us finding the kind of fruit that lasts forever and saying no to the flesh. The secret is understanding that if you know and follow Jesus, you have a gift within you. He's called the Holy Spirit. Jesus said these words about the Holy Spirit before he ever sent the Holy Spirit. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, read it with me, helper. That's what the Holy Spirit is, friends. He's the helper so that you can produce supernatural fruit in your life, so that I can produce supernatural fruit in my life, so that we we together can produce that kind of fruit, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Prior to this point, prior to when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, he came upon certain leaders to prophesy or to lead people, but he never lived inside of people. But when Jesus ascended into heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit, something radically changed. And if you believe and if you follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit marks you as God's child forever. You're in his hands. He gifts you with the spiritual gift, and he longs to live within you to help you produce fruit in your life if we would just listen to him. Verses 18 and 19, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you, and after a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me, because I live, you will live also. Friends, in this life, if you want to produce fruit that is lasting and supernatural, may we learn to say no to the ways of the flesh in order to see with God's help and our cooperation with him lasting fruit that will change our lives together. I'm going to ask as we close service that you stand with me, and as we begin to kind of evaluate, I want you to kind of think through maybe what God is saying to you is exactly that last point that I had when it came to our posture, and it's the point of progress, not perfection. Maybe you're here today, and last night there were some choices that weren't so good. Even right now, you find yourself in a dark place, pleasure-seeking something that just, you know, it doesn't bring any value, but you just can't overcome. Can I give you some truth here this morning? God is the God of second chances. You can never earn your way to God. God paved the way through Jesus who lived a completely righteous life. And the Bible says if we just believe in him, he carries us on a scarred back to the righteousness of God that now becomes our identity if we know and if we follow Jesus. Praise God, he's the God of second chances. During this next song, I'm going to encourage you to worship freely and and also to evaluate, do, do I need a second chance? Do I need to give my life to Christ for the first time? Or do I need to seek out a prayer partner at the end of service to confess something, to ask for prayer, so that I can learn to produce more lasting supernatural fruit in my life? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you are the God of second chances. 
I don't know what that means specifically for someone in this room, but Lord, I know it means something. And Lord, I pray that as we sing this next song, as we evaluate, as we contemplate, maybe what you are speaking to us, I pray that we would respond. I pray, Lord, if life change needs to happen, that you would help us with that. Lord, I pray that we would learn to discern what we know to be the flesh and what we know to be the spirit. And Lord, help us to say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit and be forever changed, to produce fruit, Lord, that changes our lives and changes the lives around us. I pray for the person who needs to accept Christ for the first time, that they would understand it's not about their efforts, it's about his efforts and what he has already accomplished. And through faith, God, would they receive that together. Father, I pray for us all to be a church that understands in love and with gratitude that you are the God of second chances because you sent your son. And we pray, Lord, in his powerful, life-changing name together. And all God's people said, amen.